Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. everybody what's up welcome in to the athletic fantasy football podcast it is thursday june 23rd yes we are in the off season michael beller here with you yes the off season typically means once a week on tuesdays this is a thursday where were we over these last couple of days well jake seeley decamped for puerto rico finally getting this himself a vacation so we pushed back so we wouldn't have to do an episode without jake we know jake wants to talk nfc west and that's exactly what we're going to be talking about here but jake how was the vacation man what was the what was the 1.01 of Puerto Rico for you? It's funny. So I was on the plane. I asked, I asked Nicole that. I was like, what was your favorite part of it? We both had the same answer. It's different because you had your most relaxing part, when, but then you have your most adventurous part, but then you have like the best. Like, so it's top. Like, the most adventurous was the zip line because we did the monster, which is up to 95 miles an hour oh. and straight down the side of the mountain. I'm going to f- try to clip that video so people can see it. <laughs> so, like, the zip line was the most adventurous. Uh, the boating out, we I, we actually did the snorkeling where you can rent your own boat uh-huh. and you go with a whole, a whole bunch of people with boats, which these people can't drive. That was the most aggravating part, <laughs> actually, was the people that couldn't drive in a straight line in a boat. Sure. But the snorkeling was fun, but the bat was like beach relaxing. That was a nice all-around thing. The rainforest was the most chill and the cool scenery, but it wasn't like the one. You see what I'm saying? Like everything had like it's different. Old San Juan was the historic stuff, was really cool yeah. and took a lot of cool-looking pictures. So, I mean, if I had to, it would probably be like actually the boat snorkeling just because the zip line was shorter, but it's tough. It was an amazing trip. I will say if anybody does want to go to Puerto Rico because it's an easy travel because you don't have documents mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff because it's still in the United States. Amazing. Great food. That was another one. Of course. Really great food. Heads up. The roads are the most all you want to appreciate. United States roads, even with potholes, they like they had potholes inside of potholes inside of potholes that like just jumped out of nowhere. Uh, the cars look beat up because nobody knows how to drive down there. Although nobody honks, they just all understand nobody can drive. But go down there. It was it was a really scenic, fun, and no as hot as it was, no bugs. That's great. It was so nice, oh, no bugs around. I, and I mean, you're in honest. you're in like Bug Central for America. Oh I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure <laughs> doesn't doesn't Jake have a no zipline clause in his contract? Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get injured on the zipline. You didn't get injured. I don't think you would have been covered. Yeah, seriously. You're, you're gonna have people tweeting you're, like, "What are you doing?" And you're like, "You shouldn't be on a boat." Yeah, Jeff Kent washing <laughs> your truck over yeah. here. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh man, I did broke. Oh yeah, I did actually. I do have a giant ass bruise on my tailbone i went down the natural water slide which is down it's a rock it's a water slide rock and awesome. you, it's kind of bumpy in the very last one i hit really oh. i didn't even know about the bruise it's so bad it's sticking out of my pants so to speak and nicole huh? noticed it and she was like uh there's something on your back oh all right <laughs> like, all right we get it we get it <laughs> <laughs> a giant ass ass is almost sounds like here. <laughs> yeah a giant ass ass <laughs> 
Uh, well, that's great, man. We're very happy that uh, you uh, had yourself a good vacation. You absolutely deserve it. And now just tether yourself to your computer for the next six months because fantasy football season yes. is nigh. And we have two more divisions to talk about. NFC West and AFC North, those are still the divisions on our run through on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Today we talk about the NFC West. We do not have a ton of hard and fast rules on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. One of them, however, is if you are the defending Super Bowl champions and that next summer we do a division-by-division preview, when we get to your division, we talk about you first. So let's talk about the Los Angeles Rams. Brandon Funston, where are you taking Cooper Cup? First round, how many guys have to go off the board before you're saying Cooper's my guy? Man, you just this was just perfect tee up. I just had a Jake passed off this uh, the football diehards draft to me, and so I just oh, there's been another one. There was another Jake one. Jake loves a mock just, draft. What you, I can't believe it. <laughs> well, he ha- he he claimed he was <laughs> no, in, the, the he was in Puerto Rico. Yeah, exactly. Um, yes, this was for TV, and so I had the second overall pick. Jonathan Taylor went number one. It's a full PPR. I took Cooper Cup number two, and. And I just went through this little exercise. I'm like, okay, regressionists are going to scream, oh, it was, this, you know, it was a mammoth mountain of a season. But, you know, I looked at Cooper Cup's first three games in which he caught like a, he had a seven-catch game and then like a nine-catch game and then another nine-catch game. He had 367 total yards in those first three games, and he had five touchdowns. And it was like his second-best game of the year, his sixth-best game of the year, and his 10th-best game of the year. If you take those away, he was still the number one PPR receiver, which is insane. Mm-hmm. That's you can take twenty catches, four hundred yards, and five touchdowns off his total. He was still the number one PPR receiver, and he only had one PPR game that was under sixteen points. Like it's uncommon consistency. Where is that going? Like, sure, there's going to be some regression, but is the floor outside of an injury as good as it gets in fantasy football? And period. Well, Period. Any player? I would say I would still say Jonathan Taylor. I mean, whatever. Jonathan Taylor's <laughs> off the board. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like I would have taken Jonathan Taylor number yeah. one. But like, how do you get past number two, especially in a PPR league? Yeah. Hey, what about half PPR? I think you, uh, I so think you, then you can me. then you could start saying if I'm going if I'm going for a I'm not buying in and I'm getting a TV if I win, then maybe you're going <laughs> Christian McCaffrey because you're going for like Who's got a conceivably higher ceiling than that? Maybe it's Christian McCaffrey if he stays healthy. So that's that's where I'm at. I, I don't think I would drop below three on that. So you know how much I love going running backs. I think there's an argument in full PBR to make Cooper Cup the number one pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you pulled out the three games. I referenced this in my first blast of offseason rankings back in January or February. And I even said you take off 20%, which is an enormous number. You take off 20% of Cooper Cup's production – he finishes second in wide receiver by one point to Debo Samuel. You take off 40%, 40 friggin' percent of Cooper number. Cup's production. He finishes neck and neck with Deontay Johnson as wide receiver nine. 40, that's half PPR. I didn't even do PPR. Yeah. That's half PPR. So I think as much as you, I love my running backs, uh, I think there's an argument. I'd still go Taylor, uh, but yeah, number two. It's hard to pass on him. I can't believe. Uh, I think. Did we reference him on the last show? Scott Engel in the FSGA draft at the eighth pick. God Cup in a fourteen team league. That was the most absurd wow. thing I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Uh, so regression, whatever you want. And I throw those numbers out for what Funston just said. 
argue regression all you want. I'll argue regression. That's an ungodly season he just had. But you take off 40% and your floor, 40%, your floor is wide receiver nine, you, you're in the conversation to be the number one pick. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I took Cup at number two. On the comeback, I was able to get um, Saquon Barkley – and Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, and James Conner were right there in the mix, and Javante Wood. Like it's conceivable, you could yeah. still come back and get two really decent running backs, even if you do go with Cup early on. It's the good life to be uh, at the at the top of a draft without a third round reversal. Is basically what we're hearing yeah. too. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, if you're in four to sorry, I, I'm sorry. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, fourteen plus teams, please do third, round, do reversal. third round reversal. It's just. It's such a leg up to those first two or three picks in a in a in a non third round. Well, it's fourteen teams. Twelve is okay. Yeah. Fourteen, you got to do. I would agree with that completely. Let's talk about this backfield, you guys. Namely, what do we make of this, Jake? Right now, uh, again, very early drafts. We're here on June twenty third. Cam Akers is the RB eighteen by ADP, thirty fifth overall. Daryl Henderson's the RB forty two, one thirteenth overall. Kyron Williams is going to be in the mix in some way. I mean, are we basically? How comfortable are you saying it's all systems go back to Cam Akers pre Achilles pre twenty twenty one? So that's you, I, you included that part. So it was all systems go as Cam Akers is the lead, one hundred percent confident. Uh, the only concern I have is if is he a hundred percent because he came back now. We've talked about this before, too. He came back, and he also faced some pretty tough defenses, course, including yeah. the 49ers. Came back in an ungodly amount of time, which nobody's ever done before. Mm-hmm. So you throw all that aside and say, you know what? Let's, For all intents and purposes, I don't think anybody out there is assuming he's not ready. He's actually the only one in this backfield healthy right now. Mm-hmm. Daryl Henderson's banged up, and Kyron Williams hasn't even gotten on the field yet. The thing that I like about him is the Rams told us, even coming off the Achilles, in playoff time coming off the Achilles— they still gave him bell cow yeah, work. they really did. And that's where I'm going, and that's why I have Cam Akers as the back. He's back-end RB1 territory for me with, Clonston mentioned, Chubb, Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, like that kind of range, he's there. And I'm not that worried about Daryl Dar- Henderson, and I love Daryl Henderson and Kyron Williams because the Rams told us what they mm-hmm. want to do. It's only health at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's – as bad as he looked, it was heartening to know that they gave him that volume and they rushed him back in an uncommon amount of time uh, for an Achilles injury. We haven't seen anybody really like I will say Deontay Foreman suffered this injury. He did look good last year, but that was years removed from when he mm-hmm. actually blew his Achilles out. So I'm curious to see how close he looks to what he was pre-injury. Yeah, but I, I to Jordan Rodriguez recent note about how they're going to use him more in the passing game if you remember that was kind of the one area that he looked pretty good um when he came back was he made a, a couple big plays in the passing game and if that opens up a little bit more to him that could solve some of the uh you know just not quite 100 uh physically that could solve some of those concerns by just getting a little boost in the passing game 67 carries in the postseason you guys 17 24 13 and 13 I mean, mm-hmm. for a dude who had shredded his Achilles, what, like six months prior? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think it was right around I mean, he, he officially came back under the six-month mark of the injury. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it might have been just over six months at the postseason time. Yeah. Just I crazy. Mean, a, a totally ridiculous workload. And I think that, you know, obviously we're not going to just take that and copy and paste it over. But it is, you know, the Rams, teams tell us very often, we say that a lot in the show, teams tell us exactly what they feel about players and what they feel about their personnel based on how they use them. And the fact that they were that comfortable 
rushing him back from the injury, getting him out there and just boom, getting him going right off the bat in the postseason tells you exactly what the Rams are thinking about Cam Akers and their running back depth chart heading into this season. Let's uh, let's go back to the wide receiver grouping here for a second here because yeah, Allen Robinson is on this team. And Allen Robinson uh, was a guy who we lamented for so many years. Just get him a quarterback. Just get him a quarterback. Just get him a quarterback. And a lot of us a year ago at this time were pretty excited about Allen Robinson pairing up with Justin Fields. And then he goes out and has by far the worst season of his career. So now he goes to the Rams. He teams up with Matthew Stafford. He's pretty easily the wide receiver too here. Poor Van Jefferson just can't ever catch a break. Whenever it seems like he's maybe going to get an opportunity of being this team's wide receiver too, it gets taken away from him. Funston, how how much, if at all, are you buying back in on Allen Robinson this season? Uh, I'm pretty bullish. I'm probably going to be one of the more bullish people. I So, you know, you mentioned it. The best the best pairing of an arm that he's ever had by far. And I find it funny that this, his current ADP is as low as it's ever been since his rookie season. Mm-hmm. You know, we cried every year. He needs to get a better quarterback to be tied with yet. There were a couple seasons where we were taking him as a, as a wide receiver one. And now you're getting Last him as year. a, yeah, <laughs> last year he was a top fifteen guy. Last year at least, and um, and here we are because you know because of the stain, the taint of the Chicago Bears offense last yes. year, he's fallen. But we've seen the Rams under Sean McVay support two wide receivers in a very healthy, like the second wide receiver being a high wide receiver too, uh, on more than one occasion. And why would it be any different this year? Is I mean, yeah, Cooper Cup going to take a lot of the target share, but Allen Robinson's in a position maybe for the first time ever where he is not the number one priority of a secondary. Like, it's it's Cooper Cup one. It's Allen Robinson two. I mean, Darnell Mooney in that kind of situation when Robinson was the number one guy last year sort of thrived in a crappy situation. I mean, why can't that be Allen Robinson mm-hmm. this year? Yeah, I uh, initially off my gut rankings before I did the projections and then worked my way through those because it always ranks projections, ranks projections, kind of like do like that. Um, I originally had him in the 20s alongside like Sutton and Terry McLaurin, high 20s, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, low 20s, like that kind of range. And then I ran the projections and everything Funston's saying is, you know, the, the target share is going to be his. He's stepping into that number two role. Van Jefferson's not going to go away, which you said, no luck. It might even be worse than that when they bring back Odell Beckham Seriously. with the reports are sounding. So, you know, Van Jefferson can't catch a break, but this isn't like, the Chiefs, where the one and two are tight end wide receiver, the one and two are t- wide receiver, wide receiver, and even the third or fourth, and you know Higby is going to be battling for third, fourth, fifth targets on this team. So it really comes down to the top two, and the top two, Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson. You know there was tons of weeks where Cup, whether it was before or after Odell Beckham, the number two, as Funston just said. There was weeks where it was wide receiver ones, and it wouldn't be a shock to me where this is a season where we go back to the Packers seasons where. Cobb and Nelson or, you know, Adams. And you know, it's just, it can, you could have two number ones. And so I think that Alan Robinson, once I ran through everything, he checked in at 18. So I have him inside my top 20 and that's with DJ Moore and Metcalf and Waddle and those likes. So I, 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 and I don't even think that's his low bar. I have my wide receiver 19. So I guess I'm not the highest in the industry right now. So, uh, but yeah, it could be, I'm in the same range for all those reasons you just said. I am uh, back in the rankings game with you guys, actually, and I actually just published my rankings over at least in uh, Fantasy Pros so I could use their fan- fun little widget. And I've actually got Allen Robinson at wide receiver 16. You're not even the oh. highest. You're not even. You're so, the lowest so, on this so, show. So Funston. we hate him. 
<laughs> we hate him. I'll, I'll have to rectify that. How does I'll he not worry. get? How does he not get? How does he not bounce back? Like, what's the? <laughs> what is the realistic path by which he doesn't rebound in a big way this season? Like, uh, we, we don't I need to complicate if, this. I guess it's if like you know. Odell Beckham does come back, and they use Cam Akers more in the <laughs> passing game. Odell Beckham shredded his knee in February. And Van Jefferson, you know, <laughs> gets more of, like that. The that the secondary, you know, as Jake said, is it, you know, he seems like the clear number two, but maybe that those wa- those waters get muddied a little bit, and yeah. that's how he doesn't do it. But it, it seems like it's a pretty direct path. It is an awfully direct path. I will be having as much Allen Robinson as I can possibly have this season, and maybe the same goes for Matthew Stafford. We know what the deal is with Matthew Stafford. This is going to be his billionth straight year as like QB nine through QB thirteen. He's going to end somewhere in there. He's going to have some QB three weeks. He's going to have some QB seventeen weeks, but. Ultimately, he's going to land right at the back end of that QB1 class. So instead of talking about that, I just want to throw these names at you. And if you feel the need to expound on them, go ahead and go for it. But just quick hitters here. Um, Stafford versus quarterback, fill in the blank. Stafford versus Rodgers. And you both can just shout these out at the same time. Stafford versus Rodgers. Stafford. (laughs) Rodgers, they're back-to-back. Stafford versus Russ. Uh, Stafford back to back also. Stafford, you just gave out three of my ranks. <laughs> uh, so, so wait, you go, you go, Rogers, Stafford, Roger, Stafford Russ. Wilson. Yeah, uh, and uh, Stafford. Ver- so then, I assume this is going to be these guys are all going to be behind Stafford. Then Stafford versus Carr. Uh, yes, Stafford. Stafford and Stafford versus Cousins. Stafford, yes, by quite a bit. So you guys are what, like QB eight on Stafford somewhere in there? Ten QB ten. I think I'm nine. But, yeah. Um, I kind of like they're the non-running, really good quarterbacks. Yeah. Kind of, j- if I'm in that, if I'm in that area, I'm hoping for Stafford one, <laughs> and then like Carr is kind of my fallback. But mm-hmm. they're right, you know, Brady. I guess would be Brady. I would have just slightly ahead of Stafford, yep. although you know, Chris that's Godwin, yeah, the, the Godwin stuff, and, and, and Burrow Gronk- can be in this group too. Gronkowski retiring, Godwin maybe starting on the pup. I might move Stafford ahead of Brady if, yeah. if we're looking at it's Russell Gage and Mike Evans going into the season. And Mike Evans is about to score 18 touchdowns or something if that ends yeah. up being the case. That could be a, a really nice thing for Mike Evans. But yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly that's why I put these guys together. The non-running, high-volume, good quarterbacks. Uh, they all deserve to be thought of as in a tier, and you could really shake them up and have them come out anyway. For what it's worth, I go... Russ Stafford Rogers in this group of guys. Okay. So and they're all. I mean, yeah. This is all just. This is like the ninth to eleventh round range. Yep. I think and, if you're well, if you're back there waiting on this, you're taking whoever falls to you. Exactly. There. You're just happy. Yeah. You'll, you know, right? That's throwing exactly that. Yeah. With it. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Um, our guests, San Francisco 49ers. They are up next here on this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. I mean, do we assume? Do we assume it's Trey Lance is going to be the starting quarterback? Sort of. I mean, we're we're going yes. we're going to know we're going to know. Obviously, but like right, he's gonna he's obviously going to start. So how are you, like how are you treating him right now, Jake? If you're if you're drafting today, at the end of June, how are you treating Trey Lance? And do you see any path for that to change by the time you're actually drafting two two and a half months from now? 
No, see, I, I see Trey Lance right now, and you know the comp was coming out of college, and I still think it's a Warrington comp, and I don't know if he'll ever get to the ceiling or the level of success, but Josh Allen. That, that's just, and I'm not talking about Josh Allen's rookie season. I'm talking about Josh Allen 2019. Not that great, though. And let's remember what Josh Allen did in his second year before he got a Stefan Diggs really trying to open things up before before this offense was designed for somebody with inaccuracies mm-hmm. and built around him and Dable and everybody and got their hands on him and he developed him his own right. He jumped almost 12 percentage points in completion percentage from 2019 to 2020. So before we get there, we just got to get what is likely to be 3,000 and change, probably not 4,000 passing yards, low 20s, but he's going to see value with five, six, maybe even 700 rushing yards, and then the rushing touchdowns that come with this. So I think Josh Allen's second year is a good baseline to what to expect with Trey Lance, and then the waterfall, for fantasy purposes, comes to the rest of the players, but for him in his own right, that's what makes him a nice double quarterback pick. Like, don't he's not going to be your only pick. If somebody goes crazy and overdrafts him, then let them. Let them. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. Like, don't get stuck on guys. But if you get Lance with a Derek Carr, and then, worst case, Lance bombs out, you just ride with Derek Carr. Whatever it might be, Lance does have the upside to finish top eight and play like Jalen Hurts just did. Jalen Hurts had a miserable passing season. was top eight because all the rushing, and a lot of it was rushing touchdowns. But that's how I'm valuing Lance is that – you hope for the best, but you know have an alternative plan and just in case it really goes like Josh Allen's 2019 season, which you didn't want. You know what, Jake? What are your projections for his rushing yards for Trey Lance? Yeah, uh, let me pull it up. I closed it because <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I uh, actually no, I had the flex. It's like five, six hundred, five or six hundred. I, I closed probably. the I closed the wrong one. So let's see, Trey Lance. I have actually six oh one and five touchdowns. <laughs> I just I wanted to look this up and it'd be pretty easy to do. I just didn't get around to doing it. But what's the lowest a quarterback has ever finished in fantasy with 600 or more rushing yards? Like probably never has there been one that's fallen out of the top 12, do you think? Top 12. Also, Josh Allen didn't have 600, but he had more touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen, here you go. For 2019, Josh Allen with 3089 yards. That's it passing. 20 passing touchdowns. Again, that's it. 510 rushing yards and nine rushing touchdowns. He was QB7. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty good. And the thing I like about Trey Lance, he's like the perfect last pick in a, a 14-team league where you just you take Trey Lance and maybe – I don't really like to draft a backup quarterback, but maybe you take like a Kirk Cousins, a safety net, but you're just buying in on the Trey Lance – could finish top six, mm-hmm. you know, with the rushing yards. With the fact he's in really good hands with Kyle Shanahan, and he has really good weapons in George Kittle, and I think the right kind of weapons, Debo, George Kittle, just guys that can catch the ball, that can get yards after the catch, uh, Brandon Ayuk, and, you know, play off of a really strong running game. I think the, the situation is so much better than, like, say, a Justin Fields, where, you know, the weapons aren't nearly as good, the competency at that head coach is to be determined, but you know, last year was obviously a train wreck. So like Trey Lance, there's a lot of upside potential there. And it's a good guy to gamble on us if you just want to wait in like a 14-team league. You know, luxury and a super flex as your QB2, obviously. Let me actually ask you guys about that because we talk about that that draft strategy a ton. You, you take the upside quarterback who's going to go in that like 13-ish range and then you grab a Kirk Cousins, you grab someone else and you have that that safety net. But what the efficacy of that uh, I think is a little bit uh, called into question only by the fact that 
you know, we don't have buys until week six. So, like, when do you say when? Like, you, you, you're going to have Trey Lance and Kirk Cousins available to you the first five weeks of the season for sure. And I don't even know if, you know, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's longer than that. No, week six, you know, but whatever. Um, yeah, neither of those teams have a bye week six. So, you've got both of them. Like, when do you say, all right, Trey Lance isn't working out. I got to go to Cousins. Or are you doing this week by week? I think if you, you know, if you don't see what you like in week one, um, then you're then you're just pivoting. That's why I'm saying, like, if he's a train wreck, he completes like 50 percent of his passes, has a couple turnovers, and and kind of just looks out of sorts. Then you that's you you turn to the cousins, and maybe you're you know you're waiting for Trey Lance to play himself back into your starting rotation. I just feel like, and you could you could just play it by the matchups, but I think you you make a you know you make an early decision on that, and um, you know you're not riding with him as a quarterback if he looks yeah. ugly in week one, would you? 49ers are at mm. Chicago in week one. I wouldn't ride. I wouldn't ride with him, but I'd give him a few weeks leash. Two, yeah, but if you have weeks, a Kirk Cousins and, and Kirk Cousins has a decent matchup, still not dropping him because because here's here's what I'll say. Like I'm not disagreeing with that statement. Is the fact that like we just you just brought it up. Like what's the worst they finished? Seventh, eighth, ninth? Uh, worst case scenario, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen just mentioned the names. So. That's the upside, but I think the problem where is like if he looks like trash, is we're worried about him losing his job. As long as he's starting, and unless it's, you know, I don't think unless he's like Nathan Peterman and throwing five interceptions while rushing for 60 yards, that we're going to be too overwhelmed with the panic meter because let's go back to Tyrod Taylor for the longest time when he was with the Bills. You know, because he ran for 40 yards every single week, we were like, fine, okay, only throw 200 yards and one touchdown mm-hmm. because you're still finishing as QB 13 every single week. So I give him a little bit of leash, but I say it's not where I'll agree with you. It's not like running backs. Like if you draft a flyer at running back or a backup like Rashad White, I was just talking about yesterday uh, on the All in Football show with Jeff, is if you draft Rashad White, don't drop Rashad Wright in week three if Leonard Fournette's healthy. Mm-hmm. That, that You're not drafting That's him to say, oh, Leonard Fournette's healthy. Forget it. Goodbye. See you later. Right. So running back's a little bit different. Quarterback's easier to find, so that's why I'm with you, Fonson. I'm not saying like I'm going to hold Trey Lance mm-hmm. for the entire season, but I would give him at least two or three weeks before like, oh, God, this is miserable. And I mean two or three weeks of scoring like 10, 11 points and looks miserable. Yeah, I, I, I didn't want to say I would be ready to cut him early i was saying i would be ready, okay. ready yeah. to pivot to cousins as my starter oh okay early. yeah sure yeah. sure yeah. Um, backfield you guys backfield backfield elijah mitchell um rb22 right now by adp I, I, that feels way off to me this guy finished rb12 by um by by points per game last year only played in 11 games because of the injuries but like what's different in san francisco last year compared with this year I, oh. Like I mean, he's he's Raheem uh, Mostert. nothing, nothing. He's Raheem, nothing. He's Raheem Mostert. Again. I, I don't care that no, they no, drafted. No. There is a couple things different. They have me a little What's bit different? leery. I'm still ranking Elijah Mitchell better than that. Believe me, I have him inside my top. Is it 20 Debo? Is it Debo? Debo running no. back work from, from no. the get go? No, it's no. The, uh, Tyrion the Price Davis uh, or Davis it's Price. Not, uh, it's, come on, it's, it's not Game of Thrones. Yeah, this is a it, threat. Well, no, it's Anthony Lynn is now the running is is directing the running game too. Like he's, it's just it's a little bit of like they padded. I mean, Davis was there. About that from a personnel Why? standpoint or a usage or a schemes to get. Well, they've like, always been. Could, they've you always can say been Anthony Lynn all you want, but this is Kyle Shanahan's run game. Yeah, I understand that, but they've always been preferable to a a pretty straight platoon. Like back in the day, they've always yeah. wanted a pretty straight platoon. And Mitchell, they could, and Mitchell was RB twelve. By points per game last year, yeah, but they did not have depth. That was, and they've gone out of their way to make sure their depth is a lot more solidified this year. And I think they will kind of 
they're not going to, I don't think we're going to see a ton of 20 carry games from Elijah Mitchell this year. Uh, maybe 16, so, 17, but I think we're going to see a shaving of that. Like he, by, by necessity, they had to lean on him because they were down to the dregs in their, in their depth. So here, here's what I'll say. And this is coming from an Elijah Mitchell guy. So like, I want that to be clear for everybody. So Elijah Mitchell coming in with one of the higher backfield shares compared to running backs. And I want to make that's the clear part here is compared to other running backs. He's one of the biggest shares of the backfield in rush attempts. The problem is Trey Lance is taking some of that now. And what you were getting to, Faustin, is what like clear about Shanahan is everybody has a role. Elijah Mitchell can catch the ball. Similar to Devin Singletary. He's not great. People assume he's great. But he's a better pass catcher than how he's been used. But they have roles. It's like, Elijah Mitchell, you're a lead runner. You're just not being used in the passing game. That's going to go to Davis Price or Juszczyk or, hell, it might be Trey Sermon becomes a thing this year. (laughs) Yeah. But Elijah Mitchell's role is Elijah Mitchell's role. He's going to get 250-ish carries. Mm -hmm. But part of that's stifled by Trey Lance. If it wasn't Trey Lance and it was uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, I originally, like the end of the season, when I said Jimmy Garoppolo could be the starter again next year, let's go with that for now. Elijah Mitchell was a fringe RB1. The Trey Lance is the factor here, and that's really what it comes down to. Everybody shouldn't be afraid of Shanahan, and it's always been a different running back. Four out of the five situations were Mm injury-related. It wasn't like he was trying to switch the running back. So... That's where I'll say go back to Raheem Mostert. Go back to when people were drafting Raheem Mostert before he got hurt and how excited they were for Raheem Mostert being a fringe RB1. And that's how you should feel about it. But Funston is completely right in that one aspect. He's going to have almost no passing game involvement. I had so much Raheem Mostert last year and was so excited about it. And then was really, really (laughs) sad by like Tuesday after week one. <laughs> well, you can get him a lot cheaper this year. You can get him a lot cheaper this year. And don't think I won't be doing that because I think he's going <laughs> to ultimately emerge as the guy in Miami. Right? A lot of familiarity with uh, his uh, new head coach, certainly there in Miami. But that's a different episode that we already did. Debo Samuel, Funston, this is your guy. So, how high are you willing to go on Debo Samuel, both wide receiver and overall? Where is he? Where is he for you at the wide receiver position? And who does that rub elbows with overall? Yeah, I think we're going to see definitely a a downturn in the usage in in you know in the backfield. I think we're going to see, and that's that's a little bit like I think if you take all of his rushing away, he was like wide receiver twenty five, and and just on a straight you know receiving mm-hmm. numbers last year. Obviously, that's not going to all go away. It's too it's too kind of like you know cheat code ish for them to completely uh, take that away. But it's got me. I've tempered my enthusiasm a little bit. I, I since have moved CeeDee Lamb ahead of him, so I think I have him at wide receiver seven right now. Yeah, I think that's the bigger thing is, you know, just are they going to keep doing that to Debo? And for the same thing, I actually have Debo's back-to-back with CeeDee Lamb right in front of him, but behind Diggs at six and seven, mm-hmm. if you want to take CeeDee Lamb, don't have a problem with it. Heck, if you want to take Mike Evans, I wouldn't argue exactly too much at this point. Lamb, Evans, yeah. Samuel, six, seven, eight. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that either. I, can, I think they're all really close if you've got a guy like Debo like though and, and like and I just said it right I've got Lamb Evans Debo in that order but if you've got a guy like Debo and you do take away some of the running work don't you try to supplement that with more passing work even at least as much as you can just because like I mean, this but, then is a dude who, but then the concern to do who you get the, the ball to comes down to Trey Lance <laughs> yeah, exactly, it comes down Jake. to Trey yeah. Lance trying yeah. to share it with Debo Ayuk <laughs> and Kittle because let's also remember there was very few games last year where all three played together yes yes very few yeah. we talked we talked about that a lot last year I remember that. Have we seen the best of George Kittle statistically 
Like he's still a great player, and he's a huge player for the 49ers. for a full season. But have we? Yeah, have we seen? We, his, had, have, we had that one season. Have we seen the best the, when he bumped Kelsey? Like, is he? Is he? Do you guys both have him outside your top three tight? Are you guys both in Kelsey Andrews Pitts? He is actually four. Yeah, he starts the second tier for me. Yeah, I have yeah. a I have a top three and then a second three, and he's in the second three. Yeah, and I think I mean that's that seems to be a hardening consensus that it's Kelsey Andrews Pitts and then a new tier. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can you can argue whether you think Dalton Schultz belongs in the Darren Waller George Kittle I tier. Do. I, I think that's he what, I think he's the third. He's the Kyle Pitts of that second group, um, where you could almost argue that it's Kelsey and Andrews, then Pitts is a tier by himself. But um but yeah, I, I, I put him in that second tier. I, I will say in that draft I referenced earlier, I got him as the tight end five in round five, and I'll I'll take George Kittle in round five of a twelve twelve team draft as the fifth tight end. Love that. Was I mean, Waller fourth? Yeah. Well, because if you think about it too, you go back to that career. Waller year. was fourth, yes. Uh, George Kittle, that career year, almost tripled the next closest person in yards that year. Yeah. That was with the Kendrick Bourne, Dante Pettis, Marquise Goodwin. Like that, that uh, receiving Pettis. Well, I remember that. Targets. Like Yahoo does that MVPs, and it's basically the most commonly found players uh-huh. on league winning teams. And George Kittle was like, well, he, was, he smashed that. He yeah. was barely drafted that year. Yeah. Do you know who the fifth leading receiver was for that team in 2018? After is Kittle, Bourne, Pettis, Godwin, Matt Breida, or Goodwin? No, Yushchik. <laughs> oh yeah, Yushchik was the fifth leading receiver in front of Pierre Garcon. I forget. Oh, Remember Pierre God. with yeah, that sure. little thingy yeah. over the the yeah, got the, <laughs> the yeah, <laughs> Washington connection for sure. Uh, Dante Pettis, another one of those misfit of uh, or island of misfit receivers in Chicago this season. So that's fun for the Bears, and that's fun for Justin Fields. <laughs> uh, hey, is Brandon Ayuk a misfit receiver? Are either of you guys going to be beating the – maybe not beating the drum is not the right phrase, but are either of you guys going to be buying in on a 2020 version of Ayuk rather than 2021? Nah, I'm in the 40s. I yeah. do too. It's tough. I mean, it's again, we gotta you gotta bring up the name Trey Lance, big question mark in the passing <laughs> game. Doing and, that, yeah. and then it's a run, you know, they're gonna San Francisco's gonna run, mm-hmm. and then you have to start going down the the hierarchy of Debo and Kittle, and then you get to Ayuk, and so what's left, you know, it's it's hard to it's a it's a it's tough to kind of imagine a nice ceiling for Ayuk in the way things are currently situated. Ayuk kind of feels like a wide receiver handcuffed to me like if Kittle or Debo get hurt then yeah let's get excited but I don't even have him for 100 targets in this current with everybody healthy all right guys we're going to a very bottom of a hierarchy here and that is where we're going to be talking about the Seattle quarterback situation let's move on to the Seattle Seahawks (laughs) Drew Locke versus Geno Smith Jake does it matter Versus Baker. Versus no, Baker, Baker when he Mantle. ends up in Seattle. <laughs> it's it's like that. That's why. Like, why is everybody kidding themselves here? Can we just get this done? Can we just move this over and like like just finalize this? And be t- he's going there at this point, right? Like, there's there's nothing. They are not going in the season. Tell me, Fonston. They're not going in the season with Drew Locke and Geno Smith. They're not. They're not doing it because they know Baker's out there to, to be taken. And like, as much as everybody wants to crap, so Baker so. I, I like to throw this out a lot and say, like, when things aren't mutually exclusive and fancy. Baker Mayfield can be overrated and underrated at the same time. He's overrated because of what happened coming out of college and the excitement around him. And then, oh, my God, that first year. And look at what Baker and he's in the top five. Carson Wentz already went through this. But now he's become so we've gotten tired of Baker and look at all the things he can't do and look at what he doesn't do and blah, 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 that he's now become underrated. He's not a bottom five quarterback. He's middle of the road. He's. I'd put him in the Kirk Cousins conversation. And I think you put him with the Seattle Seahawks 
Now, if in a world it doesn't happen, well, then it's DK Metcalf, and I feel like we've just seen the end of Tyler Lockett's career. Yeah, a lot of people want to say that Tyler Lockett's the one that benefits if it's, you know, if Baker Mayfield doesn't show up and it's Drew Locke, and I disagree. I mean, DK Metcalf is the easiest guy in a, for a crappy quarterback to complete a pass to. You know, and Geno Smith had five touchdown passes to DK in three and a half mm-hmm. games. So you keep bringing that up. And the fact that, like, Geno targeted Tyler, Tyler Lockett a hell of a lot more, but. The DK was the bad. money plays were yeah. DK, yeah. And honestly, I'm not sure that Baker is the guy. I keep seeing Carolina as being actually in an active conversations with Cleveland, but uh, the narrative that's kind of been coming out lately is that Jimmy Garoppolo would be the best fit here, and this is still better. Yeah, I mean Garoppolo. I don't. He he probably deserves to be a starter somewhere in the league. I mean, he led a team to a uh-huh. Super Bowl. He almost got them to, them to the Super Bowl last year, and yes. like he's a competent passer. Like if you feel like your team is decent mm-hmm. outside of your quarterback spot, yeah. like Garoppolo is a someone that can come in and manage expectations. Oh, you sure. know, there's so, no there is no no way a zero percent chance he is not one of the thirty two best quarterbacks on the planet. Yeah, I agree. I, I absolutely agree. That's absolutely a fact. Anyone have a, a DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett hot take, or is this as easy as it appears? Just bump them down a uh, full tier or two without Russ. Bumping down a full tier or two, both of them both. Yeah, full tier, but I still keep DK inside the top 20 conversation, yeah. and Lockett's now in the 30s. It, but I mean, it's the standard thought is, on both of them. Yeah. Yeah, but if Baker or Jimmy are here, I can see DK getting back to the top 15, potentially even fringe wide receiver one, and Tyler Lockett still remains relevant. I mean, Jimmy and Baker, whoever it might be, still know how to throw the football. Like These are NFL quarterbacks. These are NFL quarterbacks that have won football game. You just mentioned Jimmy's been to the Super Bowl. Baker won game. Like Go back two or three years in your time machine and sit there and tell everybody out there that Baker's going to be looking for a job in 2022, and everybody would say, you're out of your damn mind. Like 11-5 that year, didn't they? Something like that? Yeah. The Steelers in the playoffs? Like. I think Lockett could still be a wide receiver too, even with DK being back to like I, I don't I don't think last year's Russ like I do think better things are coming for Russell Wilson this year. Uh-huh. But I don't think last year's Russ, just like last year's, you know, the situation from like Carson Wentz replacing Tyler Heineke, I don't necessarily think like it's that big yeah. of a difference where for sure. Russell Wilson wasn't playing out of his mind last well, year. You had the games, so you I think you can copy that, paste those numbers. You have the games that Russ missed, and then you had those first few games where he clearly with the finger wasn't right and he was still playing through yeah. it, but like he was not he was not Russ. It took it took like it was like that fourth game back before he was like actually looking like Russ again. Yeah. Right. And that's what I'm saying. So if you take yes last year's production of blank quarterback, the the Seattle quarterback mm-hmm. understanding what was going on with Russ and saying Jimmy and Blake Baker could do similar over yeah. a full season yep. not dealing with that. DK was eleven and what was Tyler Lockett? Thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, like right behind him? Yeah. So yeah. I think that's still doable. And if it's not either Baker or Jimmy, it's like ten games of Drew Locke, seven games of Geno Smith. Like it's it's not one <laughs> or guy, vice versa. one guy, yeah, or vice versa. <laughs> and it could be like four games of Locke, three games of Smith. Like it could go back and forth. So it'll be Fun- miserable. Funston, who's your running back here? If you can only have one, Rashad Penny, Kenneth Walker, they're going to be by each other in drafts almost certainly. Right now, you've got Penny as the RB thirty, and you've got Walker as the RB thirty nine. I would expect that to converge a little bit. Who do you take and why? Well, they're saying that Penny it's Penny's backfield as the one, but I'm drafting Ken Walker as as a higher. When did he become Ken? 
by the way. He he. It was like it's in the not... last month. I just was reported in the Seattle yeah. media. Wait, he changed it. He's changed it now. He's I totally changed missed it. that. I mean, you know, he he said he wants to Michigan go. Michigan State. He was always Ken kind of... Walker. Ken Walker. He he legitimately sat on the draft shows <laughs> saying my name's Kenneth. He's not the, Kenny. He's the anti Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> he yeah. he wants so he's officially shortened. going by Ken now. Ken, Ken Walker. Yeah. Well, then tell your Seahawks to change their website. <laughs> Did they not? Because I always go by the official just dial, team website. Just dial like... 1-800-SEAHAWKS, Funston, and say, hey, change the website. <laughs> it's Ken Walker. <laughs> well, because the Panthers have Robbie with the IE. Yeah. They have DK with no periods. The Packers have AJ Dillon with period. Uh-huh. Like I go by what the yeah, official sure. website says, and they still have him as Kenneth right now. There you go. That's funny, because I think AJ Dillon is with no periods, even though they're listing him. The other way, I've I've seen it most most places without the periods, but no, I think it I think it's still with. Isn't these it? are things editors care about. But... <laughs> I know, that, as you can tell, these are the things that we yeah, we, like uh, everywhere. If you, oh if my god, Google him, There's no periods. Do, do, do you know what? Uh, do you, oh, you already saw it then, Font or Beller? Was a fun, do you know what AJ Dillon's full name is? I'm looking at it right now. Uh, <laughs> Anthony James Dillon. You're not going to guess it. <laughs> No, because no. there's an actually you actually Algiers Jamal Jamil William Dylan Jr. Oh wow! So the W gets get cut out of there altogether. It's really AJW Dylan. What if he has any connection? <laughs> Junior. If his family has any connection to Algiers. <laughs> See, NFL.com has the periods. Yeah, we got a little sidetracked, but I, I you know what? I'm just gonna get back to your question. Of Penny is the number one right now, but look at the injury history. Um, if he doesn't get hurt, I think it's still he might you know win out by a little bit, but I think it would be mostly a split. I would just say if it's going to be mostly a split, and you're looking at the injury history of Rashad Penny, you might as well go with Ken Walker as the safer choice. Jake, are you on the same page there? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely Kenneth Walker, no. and I'm looking in the Packer. <laughs> the, 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 the the Ken Walker, Ken. sorry the <laughs> the uh, hey the Packers updated no periods. It's AJ Dillon, Yay. no periods. There you go, official news. I'm, there you go, gonna, Packers. Say, uh, the Athletics own Matt Schneidman made that magic happen. <laughs> and, uh, he just one no, so Packers. The, here's the thing, though. Just because it's Kenneth Walker, Ken Walker, Kenny Walker, whatever he wants to call himself, the third, the third, yes. <laughs> It's Rashad Penny's not going to not be involved for to throw out a double negative there right. for you. This I think this could be very much like this is the Broncos like last year, Devontae Williams. But where I see it as in Javante Williams was initially on the 40 side of the 60 40 and it got closer to like 50 50 mm-hmm. at the season's end. I think this starts out a little bit more like 55 45 Walker seeing a little bit more than Penny. Penny is amazing. We've talked about him at nausea. You I love you know, this. I loved it more than anybody that he finally broke out. But I think the Seahawks and Pete Carroll and everybody knows at this point that let's keep him in check. Yeah. Let's not ever give him 20 touches because we're just going to break Rashad Penny again. So <laughs> it's just the 20th range for Walker is where I have him. I have Rashad Penny in the, the high 30s, low 20s. Like those are so they're both be there. Just they won't be as good as the Broncos guys yeah. were. So it feels like we're all on the same page here where like regardless of which one you like, you're You'll take Jim either. Like you'll be happy. Yeah. You'll be happy yeah. with either yeah. on your team at ADP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you know you could say Ken Walker starts the RB three discussion mm-hmm. and Rashad Penny ends it. It's part you of know, it. it's kind of about right where you're at. All right, guys, one more team in this division for us to talk about, and it is the Arizona Cardinals. Jake, where's Kyler in your QB rankings? 
Funny enough, you're not asking about color, but that DeAndre Hopkins was just tweeting about the fact that it was natural in the system. I was <laughs> just reading that right now. Legitimately reading that right now games, as we're talking about this. Games DeAndre. I, I don't know. So, so Kyler Murray, I have him at seven because, and that's why I'm actually, this is relevant. I'm tying that in. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins for six games, I think, hurts Kyler Murray. Actually, sure. we know it I know hurts it Kyler yeah, Murray. We saw, yeah. saw the, it's, it's, it was a stark difference. And I know they brought in Marquise Brown, but Marquise Brown's not DeAndre not Hopkins. DeAndre. Like, Let's be real about it. And also, that's going to somewhat offset Christian Kirk. Again, Christian Kirk, not necessarily Marquise Brown at this point of his career, and uh, not DeAndre Hopkins. But like again, it's just, I've seen Kyler Murray. I've seen Kyler Murray when he's not 100%. We've all seen it. We've seen when he is and has Hopkins. He's a top three, number one quarterback. He was number one for what? It was the first seven, eight weeks. But I have to factor in DeAndre Hopkins, and that's the biggest problem. If it wasn't that... I think there's a case for Kyler Murray to be number two, where I have Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. to be right in that conversation. But he's seven right now. So if you want to play that discount, which you I've seen in drafts, and know that, look, Kyler Murray for the first six games might be QB 10-ish range, but once Hopkins is back and hopefully Murray stays healthy, you got a top three, top five worst quarterback at best, then yeah. Do it. Please do it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it in a lot of places. But you have to understand, you can't ignore what the loss of Hopkins mm-hmm. did to him. I'm one lower. I'm I'm quarterback eight. I probably have Dak ahead of him, and maybe you have Dak behind him. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I I clearly hate Dak. Yeah, I have I, Dak at twelve. If I I'm, hate him. If I'm <laughs> pricing Kyler Murray at QB eight, I'm basically saying I'll never have him in a yeah, in a league because someone's going to have him higher and they'll take him higher. And and I think for me, it's just that I I understand that he's going to be a slam dunk top 10 quarterback assuming he plays a mostly full season it's just not an even ride with him it's you not, know and jake no, yeah. jake mentioned the the first six weeks without deandre hopkins but then you know there's second half fades where he maybe is gets banged up because of his size and, and he kind of just has a hard time finishing strong he always seems to start start well but without deandre that could be a challenge now as well so like i just want a quarterback who i feel like is going to have a more smooth ride from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. And we, nothing, well, nothing worse, with Kyler. Worst rushing season, which, yeah. Fonston, you're going to take a victory lap again for that one? I, I one. am, but, um, <laughs> like. It wasn't even it, with the injury. He didn't even average five yards a carry last year. Yeah. Uh, he I mean, doesn't, he doesn't want to run. He yeah. doesn't enjoy that. Like, as like, that's a big part of my game. I think he likes it he sprinkled in here and there just to kind of mm-hmm. show people, but I, I don't think he wants to do it all the time. It's, well, that's what I was saying. He's more of a Daniel Jones runner than he is like a Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. or a Jalen Hurts. Yeah. I mean, you just can't – we still think of him as this, like, huge running quarterback, right? But, I mean, you just can't have a guy who is going to be where that's part of what you're expecting from him with games of 19, 1, 6, 10, 21, 3, 6, 20. Like, those are his rushing yard outputs. And, like yeah. – Well, you know what he's like. It's – I think Russell Wilson's a good comp because Russell mm-hmm. was like that early in his career. But Russell doesn't really – he would rather throw the ball than run the ball. And I think Kyler's along the same lines. We'll probably see a, a depreciation similar to what we saw from Russell Wilson. It's these baseball guys who play quarterback. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> just want to throw, throw, throw. Right? That's right. Uh, you think, they, you think they'd be pitchers. <laughs> uh, James Conner, you guys, right now sitting at running back 20. By ADP, this is a this is a hard one for me to, to make some sense of. I mean, there's really not a ton of competition. Kyler's going to take something off the table, but we just got finished talking about how maybe it's not as much as uh, anyone would want to see from a pure fantasy perspective. Chase Edmonds is gone. James Conner was very good when he played without Chase mm-hmm. Edmonds. But he scored a ton of touchdowns, mm-hmm. and it's like, uh, 
like on one hand, I want to believe that he's like this sneaky bell cow because he's going RB20 and he should own the backfield. And on the other hand, I want to believe like, like I, there's just, I don't know how much is here for him really to be able to duplicate what he did last year. What are you thinking, Jake? Yeah, so uh, the bell cow f- side of it is just, it wasn't even there last year. Yeah. 202, yes, 202 rushes, and uh, granted 15 games, 202 rushes, 37 receptions. So now my projections, I don't ever like play like the 15 game situation, but even for 17, 207 and 52 receptions because he is involved in the passing game. Uh, I think Daryl Williams might be a little bit of a threat. We've seen Daryl Williams when he's been able to be the lead guy, be similar, productive on a good team. Uh, it comes down to James Conner. I have running for 10 touchdowns and catching another three, whether you want to say 11 and two. But I think 13 is a better range than what you were looking at last year, a little bit touchdown. Uh, high ratio for his touches, which is probably not to be expected. Do you see a little bit of regression coming back? But all that said, you know, I have him for around 1,200 yards and 13 touchdowns on 250 touches. Guess what? He's top 15 running back in that situation. So James Conner is a value right now. The question is behind him is everybody wants to figure out if he gets hurt because of his career. I think right now it might be just Daryl Williams. I know they drafted Keontae Ingram, but Ingram's not necessarily like a, it, it's not like they drafted. I wasn't going to say Brees, but like Isaiah Spiller. It's not like they mm-hmm. took somebody in the third round, fourth round, to be like, oh, this is the guy. Uh, they kind of drafted like let's figure out what we do to replace the Drake role, or you know that type of stuff, or even back to last year wasn't even Drake Chase Edmonds role, but Daryl Williams and Keontae Ingram. I I would lean Williams as of right now just because he's the veteran. Yeah, and, you know, I, I liked the Daryl Williams signing because he's sort of a poor middle-class version of James Conner. He does directly, like he's not a Chase Edmonds, and Chase Edmonds had right. four, 43 catches in this offense last year. And so, you know, Conner had, I think, 37. Like, with no DeAndre Hopkins, James Conner is going to be used in the passing game an awful lot. I mean, he's a good receiver, and you can say Daryl Williams is too, but I I think running the ball and catching the ball, I would take James Conner over Daryl Williams. So what you're really doing is you're like setting James Conner up to be the main guy and Daryl Williams to come in and do similar things to James Conner so you don't really skip a beat. But like I, I he's very well set up and you know, Kenyon Drake had ten rushing touchdowns in this offense a year before. So yeah, there's gonna be some touchdown regression most likely. But maybe not a ton, like Jake said. Thir- Thirteen <laughs> touchdowns compared to eighteen. Sure, I, I yeah. would, I would take that right now, and I think it's conservative. Sign up for that. I, I think it's conservative. So definitely sign up. I'm chuckling because do you remember last year, Beller? Like every single week, Funston was like, Kenyon. "I'll take the chance on them scoring a touchdown. <laughs> I'm going to take James Conner. Yeah. I'm going to rank Conner inside my top fifteen. He's so many score times. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right? yeah. 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 Well, it's true. Also, <laughs> did you notice Funston called the middle class poor? Did you notice that? I did. Poor, I Funston's said poor like, to middle class. Funston is like, Funston's like uh, to get, give us another Game of Thrones reference, Funston's like Arya Stark re- reading the names when she goes to bed at night, but it's yes. like Kenyon Drake, 10 rushing touchdowns, That's right. Arizona Cardinals. Well, my, my kids use the word sus now. I think it's a it's a derivation of suspect. Sus. Like, that's uh-huh. sus. It, it's, so I always say it's... I, they, I see sus and I still think suspended. <laughs> just <because. laughs> Yeah. So I, I'll say, and they use the term mid. So sometimes I'll describe something as mid to sus to kind of like speak their as long speak as you their language. Start, as long as you don't say anybody's fire. Please just yeah. don't do that. Honestly. I do not do that. So Daryl Williams is mid to sus compared to James Conner. Oh my God. That <laughs> mid is sus? unbelievable. That is unbelievable. Uh, what about that? Where's DeAndre Hopkins? Is he is uh, is he mid to sus on your on your <laughs> rankings here? I mean, is that like like when are you when are you thinking 
at what point of a draft? And this could like a team roster construction is going to play into this too, for sure. If you go wide receiver heavy, you're probably not thinking about DeAndre Hopkins at any point. So like at what point of a draft, both timing wise and construction wise, Funston does DeAndre Hopkins start to enter your mind? Well, the problem is, is like, I can't take him as a wide receiver three, which is where he goes because I don't want to think about my wide receiver four having to play six straight weeks before Mm -hmm. I can use DeAndre Hopkins. So I'm just not going to get, I love DeAndre Hopkins. I'm probably not getting Michael Thomas and Chris Godwin either. Because here's the deal. Why take on that headache when there's somebody really close by that you have ranked that doesn't have those kind of like concerns hanging over them? So for me, they have to be so much of a discount that I don't mind taking on the headache. Um, and typically I've seen like the name brand value makes them go earlier than, than and, and they're just not that discounted because they're big names. And for that reason, I just won't draft them. Well, then let me kind of turn it to Funston. Would you agree with the ranking of Tyler Lockett, DeAndre Hopkins, Jamison Williams in that order? I would probably want DeAndre Hopkins if it's a Drew Lock, Geno Smith world. I would probably want DeAndre Hopkins because then I would say like, okay, ten weeks of Hopkins versus those guys plus a replacement receiver mm-hmm. is probably going to be better. So okay, so I mean, for me that puts him. I have thirty-seven. So he's kind of like in that range is like, I want him over Jamison Williams, not knowing if he's even ready for week one and what he could do when he's on the field. But that's what well, I'm thinking is if you're drafting DeAndre Hopkins, you're drafting him for when he's on the field. Well, what, let me ask you this. Isn't that true about everything? Have you seen DeAndre Hopkins fall to wide receiver 37 in any draft that you've done so far? No. And that's the problem. Yeah. So I, and that's where I was going to agree with you. I would even consider Hopkins over Lockett, as you mentioned, not knowing how that situation is going to play out. Over Devonta Smith, who I have at thirty-five, that's going to come down to like I could, I definitely. If you told me week seven on Hopkins over Smith, ten times out of ten, mm-hmm. uh, so it comes down to that. Like Chris Godwin's in the same range. I think all these kind of this is definitely you're in the range of so everybody's got some flaw, and it's not mm-hmm. a it's not a minute flaw. This is mm-hmm. like pick your poison. It's going to be roster construction. I hate to take that crutch argument. But it really comes down to how is your first two wide receiver situation looking? If you're strong enough, and that's where we'll say, Funston, I would take him as my three if my top two were like an Evans and even a Cooper. But if you have a dicey, dice roll in there, something like a Jalen Waddle with Tyreek Hill or you know Rashad Bateman, you're hoping to step forward as your wide receiver two or something like that, then Hopkins becomes a little dicier as your three. It would be nice, too, if you were kind of picking towards the turn and you could almost make it like a, you get your three, four kind of bang, bang, you know? And so the, yeah. so you kind of already solve your, well, who's going to be playing in his place for the first six weeks kind of right away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Marquise Brown is the arrow up for him from Baltimore down or just pointing still straight ahead. Funston. <laughs> I don't, I think I probably got him similarly ranked to where I always had him ranked in Baltimore, to be honest with you. So like, it's that's my to, initial thought too. Seems like a lateral move. For yeah, the most part. It feels very lateral. I mean, so much of it seems it seems similar. I guess if the, if you're going to make an ar- I, I think the biggest argument is maybe the, you know there's no Mark Andrews here. Yeah, but there is going to be a DeAndre Hopkins and there is a Zach Ertz, mm-hmm. and it's enough of a. I think it's enough of a parallel that yeah, sure you can argue that maybe it's a little bit better for him, but man. You want I'm not him, even arguing that. I'm saying that that would be the argument if I was like the make best it, of him is probably the that. first six weeks, and then you're then he's taking a back seat when you want him to be yeah. at his strongest, which is down the stretch. That's so, all. Yeah. Like I, you know, yeah. I, they, people like always I'd say have Darnell Mooney. Right. It's like oh, draft and him and trade him after six weeks. It's kind of a pat 
thing to say. That's it's just, you know, quite literally never works. Yeah, it quite literally never works. That's, that's <laughs> well, where I, mean, I was going with that. Inexperienced leagues. <laughs> and the thing is, if you're going to try, I will say one thing. It doesn't usually work. In inexperienced leagues, you might be able to pull it off. But also, if you're going to try it, don't trade him in week six. Yes. You got to do it after like week four. Yes. So the real truth here is that you're really only getting four weeks. Mm-hmm. It's not the six. Because once the six, it's too late, even in experienced leagues. Yeah. And don't, also, don't be a jerk when you're trading. <laughs> just throwing that out there. Huh? Just throwing it out there. <laughs> just t- casually tossing that one. Yeah, out. Don't just be don't be a jerk ever. I, that would yeah, be well, good. definitely don't. Yeah, don't be a jerk ever. I agree with that. <laughs> I wouldn't have a career if that's the case. Then I'm screwed. But you're a you are a uh, a, a, a shtick jerk. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah, that's, that's true. true. <laughs> as as everybody says when they meet me in person, they're like, "Oh my god, uh-huh. <laughs> so nice." <laughs> yeah, you're always you're always winking at the camera. You know. <laughs> Zekertz, he's also winking at the camera, isn't he? Is he is he like back in top? I mean, easy t- tight end one land now. I I couldn't. I was. I remember in my home league, uh, my my buddy who had Ertz was like so excited about the trade to Arizona, and I made fun of him relentlessly for like three days about how excited he was, and then I had to eat my words at the end of the season. And so now it's like, is he just like? I mean, he's not. It's not Philly Ertz, but he's just, is he just like back in this? Comfortable tight end one world, James? I, oh, yeah. I, I, I have him at nine. And I am right behind Philly, Dallas Goddard. And then right behind him is my, two of my favorites. Well, one because Gronkowski officially stayed retired. Well, I guess not stayed because he retired again. He never announced yeah. it. But So I have like Ertz. And then starting at 10 is like Irv, Brait, Fryermuth, Knox, Njoku, Komet. A lot of breakout possibilities. A lot of upside mm-hmm. possibilities. But... I'm going to take the one we've seen. I'm going to take the one that we saw, what he did when he got to Kyler Murray and Arizona, and I'm going to take him over all those potential breakouts, even though those, those are some of my favorite tight ends this year. Yeah, I, I was going to say, you mentioned Gronkowski. He's kind of like going to take Gronk's spot now as that old veteran that mm-hmm. if he's on the field, you can't discount that. You know, like he is he is a proven track record. and He'll be the guy that you can get, you know, just like Gronkowski. If Gronkowski was playing this year and you took him as like your the last tight end one in your draft, you're probably doing just fine with that. You know, and I think Zach Ertz is the same way. If he's playing, we know, he, you know he's going to be decently productive. We're playing once a week here for just one more week, and then we are back in a big way after uh, Fourth of July holiday. We're going to start up into the cadence here because fantasy football season, as I said right at the start of the show, it is nigh, and we are very excited at the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode. For Jake and Funston, I am Michael Beller. Good luck with everything you got going on. Have a great weekend. We'll be talking to you next week. AFC North, our final division preview and then things get crazy things get real so get ready for it we'll talk to you soon